happens now. Capital 263. Hello, good people. How are you? Welcome to Career Pod. I'm your host, Cassandra and Paddington. Yes, thank you. Yes. Welcome to Career Pod once again, your career information portal. This is a weekly podcast where we talk about career decisions, career transitions. We dare to dream big, but starting now and taking a little step at a time. Oh, and yeah. today, we're talking about um, career development fighting against early child marriages. And today in our studio, we have Chakane Tsarujito. Chakanita, can you please introduce yourself? Uh, thank you so much. Uh, my name is Chakanita Ruzvizo. I'm the Programs Development Manager at Shamwari Yemwanaskana. We are an organization uh, that looks at how everyone surrounding the girl child should act uh, to end all those issues that affect her. Okay. Shangwari Manakomana, or should I say Shangwari Manaskana, Shangwari Munuese, Manakomana, Shangwari Edu, Murume Shangwari Dama, Shangwari Edu. True, yeah. So, um, so tell us, we know that um, these days, what can I say? At what age, really, you find out the statistics are not, you correct me if I'm wrong, you find out that uh, children are getting ma- married at the age of even nine years old. What exactly, how does it really happen? What exactly would be happening? Is it the mother, the parents, or the society? What brings to that? Okay, um, the issue of child marriage is, is uh, one thing that has been normalized uh, by certain societies. Uh, from our understanding as an organization and from statistics from other organizations like UNICEF, uh, the said reality is that, you know, society comes to normalize these issues, looking at factors that surround us, factors such as religion, factors such as uh, the other structures that are within the society. For instance, if it is the headman, Sabuku, who is the one who is after the girl, you know, because of that position, it's a position of influence in a community. Mm -hmm. They can't question that person. So because of that uh, influence that the person holds, you know, they won't be held accountable at the end of the day. If it is the bishop of a certain church who is saying that I've dreamt and I've uh, been reviewed by the Holy Spirit, I don't know if it is <laughs> Holy Spirit. <laughs> so, you know, uh, such a scenario, know this girl has to get married because so they will look at the issues of the prospects that are surrounding that. So, you know, the, the, the sad reality from the key facts that we gathered is that, you know, uh, girls in rural areas are twice likely to become child brides. Wow, twice. Than, twice likely than girls from urban areas. Similarly, girls from the poorest households are twice likely to marry before the age of 18 as girls from the richest households. Okay. So you see, the issue of the rural areas uh, being uh, the poorest uh, places. But yeah, maybe, maybe to just come in there. Yes. Um, these in the rural areas, the girls in the rural areas, they are twice likely to get married compared to the girls in the urban areas. Yes. But is it because of the, the areas they are in or basically there's... All right. Where I'm coming from is to say they are all at the risk at the same level in that these girls in the rural areas, they end up getting married but these ones in the urban areas, they continue to have an active sex life, but not necessarily 
merit or because because they have the resources and you know the knowledge they are bought and all these other issues yeah. okay maybe to come in there uh the issue with uh, marriage is mm-hmm. that whenever a girl gets pregnant in the rural areas she's supposed to get married there are no two ways Finishing about it. <laughs> <You> see, <laughs> unlike in the urban areas in the urban areas we can compromise you know we can understand But in the rural areas, they don't have that time to really understand and say, okay, ah, and those are it kind of mistake. There is nothing called a mistake in the rural areas. It's something that would have happened. It means it's, you are ready for marriage. It means you are ready for marriage. Yeah, but and, for me, actually, there is nothing like yeah, a pregnancy by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that exists in your world, but yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, no because, like, uh, for instance, uh, we look at like the minor to minor. Uh, I was discussing uh, in the afternoon uh, with uh, certain colleagues at work that you know minor to minor marriages, if you could call, call them, uh, mm-hmm. of those mm-hmm. children who are below 18. In in certain communities, they they don't report them because they say, "Avana maumbwe," you know what they have done, Avana. So it's a mistake. That that is the issue. They they take it. As a mistake because of that circumstance, to say okay, these are still young, uh, they they don't know what they were doing, they couldn't consent, maybe they were experimenting, so you know they they, they really didn't think it would end up in a pregnancy. So as I mentioned, the key factor equity when I pregnant would now say chirorwa or chiror. Okay. So uh, if I may come in, so it means that in since are you the statistics you're referring to that uh, is. In rural areas, it's twice right than the urban areas. So it means right. Uh, it means that a girl going to school, so soon after your form four, if he, even if they make it to form four, soon after, or or to say, or even if they don't make it, yeah, we, maybe the minimum age that you have seen for girl um, girl child getting to be brides. What what has been the minimum age that you have seen? Uh, the sad reality is that at the age of nine. Jeez. That's, uh, the that's thing like is, grade what? It's like around grade uh, four, grade four, grade, grade five. three, grade four, grade five. Uh, the the major factor that is also driving is the issue of menstruation. Mm-hmm. Once a girl starts menstruating, other communities <laughs> they view the good. She's ready. She's ready. She's now ripe. Her body is now preparing her to become uh, a, mother. a mother. So they would say, okay, akute ramanoi, so she can get married. So you know because of uh, those other linkages which are surrounding uh, child marriages you know it's it's a sad reality also looking at the issues of climate change itself you know they go long distances looking for firewood uh when they go to look for firewood uh, a certain man will be you know and then at the end of the day he says you are my wife there are issues of culture as well coming in issues of religion that I talked about previously mm-hmm. so you see it's a cocktail of factors that are surrounding the girl child. But then what can we do to try and prevent that because we need especially in a situation like in Zimbabwe we need everyone to be educated to have a job or do something with your hands as long as you educated have that literacy level so that we contribute to the development of the nation. So then what can we do to try and somehow stop this? Okay, um the the Okay, I I can refer to the statistics as well and then answer you. Mm-hmm. Um I wanted to talk about the issue of boys uh, before I even go to that. Um boys are also affected. It's not an issue that is affecting girls alone. <laughs> But we mostly our, our boys, our boys affected. <laughs> boys are affected uh you know 
the according to six as I mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. with the prevalence among boys, only one fifth of boys are affected as compared to the girls. So mm-hmm. one fifth of the total number of girls is the one which is affecting boys, right. because like there are regions uh, where they have got uh, issues of sexual initiation. That's okay. I, I understand uh, there are places like Shiredzi where they have got certain sexual uh, initiation practices that they carry out there. We go up north in areas uh, like Mount Darwin and the like, you know, the border areas. Mm-hmm. When they go for God panning, they don't go to school, most of the young uh, boys there. Yeah. So they tend to marry early. Once he has got uh, enough money, he will say, that God ah, I'm, that ready. Is panned. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm ready uh, to, 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 to get, uh, you know, a wife. So answering your question now, when a person is educated, uh, according to uh, the UN, they said that for girls, a girl who is educated, number one, she's less likely to have as many children as the one <laughs> who is not educated. And they talk of issues of six times. That the one who is educated is six times more advantaged than the one who is, who is, uh, not, educated. Who is not educated. Uh, they also talk of opportunities. That when a person is educated, opportunities come uh, towards their way. Because, you know, there's that clear multiplier effect on educating girls. Women who are educated are healthier. They participate more in the formal labor market. They earn more income. They have fewer children. They provide better health care and education to their children. As compared to those who, are, those who marry whilst young. And, or those with little or no education. Where girls have greater educational economic opportunities, they are more likely to pursue those opportunities that have been reserved for men. Mm-hmm. Because they'll say that, I can be a doctor. I can be that lawyer. I can be an engineer. Mm-hmm. I can become that physician. I can become that person. That journalist. Who is, you know, that journalist <laughs> like you. <laughs> I can become that but president. Wait, wait Rosito, before you continue, I want yes. to take you back to number one before I forget. Is it a given that because you're educated, you have less children? Because I've seen people who are educated, dude, they got kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the thing is, um, with education, mm-hmm. you tend to understand, you know, certain factors uh, that contribute to having as many kids as you can have. For instance, according to the uh, Zimbabwe National Family Planning Council of Zimbabwe, they say that it's healthier to have kids before a woman turns 37 because her body will be in the right shape. After 37. So what I wanted to say is, it is, uh, it is a fact that if you're educated, you get that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Unlike a person who is not educated, because you wouldn't have that platform to really understand what is happening, uh, you know, pertaining the issues of uh, giving birth. Uh, you won't even have access maybe to see the gynecologist amongst other services that are needed. So uh, as for those who are educated, there are just a few cases, you know, of those who would have as many kids as possible. But according to statistics that have been done globally, according to statistics that have been done nationally, uh, the issue of uh, those who, have, who are not educated they are, they, they are the ones who we have got as many children. And also, they wouldn't even, uh, uh, you know, consider issues of having their children immunized or vaccinated. Because they would say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've had, I've had that a lot. But exactly. I think, you know, bringing all these, um, you know, these key points um, into perspective and to say this is what has been happening, like you're saying, the statistics that you've given us. So maybe from the standpoint of Shamari Manasikana, 
um, assisting the girl child, empowering them, and fighting child marriages. What what programs have you done? And maybe have they given you the hundred percent result you were looking for, or are there still a missing link somewhere somehow? Maybe in the initiatives that that you would have done, yeah, that you have done actually. Okay, uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, whenever we are carrying out an intervention, we don't uh, target with 100% results uh, <laughs> at the end of the day. What we would look at maybe will be the issue of a certain percentage decrease in the nature of uh, that uh, problem that society is facing. Mm-hmm. For instance, cool. uh, well, what we have done, uh, or our programs, uh, the way we are packaging our programs is this. Uh, we place girls at the center of our programming. When we advocate, we advocate with the girls. We don't advocate for the girls. Because advocating with the girls, we actually hear their voices. We actually put them, you know, in the forefront. At the forefront, because they will say what they want. So our programming, for instance, we've got uh, what we call the Girls Empowerment Program. Mm -hmm. The Girls Empowerment Program is specifically on advocacy. It's specifically on educating the girls. We train them on their rights that they should demand their rights, that they should, you know, speak their rights. They should live it, you know, dream their rights. Wherever they are, they should be confident enough to assert their rights because these are their entitlements. Mm-hmm. They are entitled to their rights. So when they know their rights, their sexual rights, the political rights, the economic, all the rights that are surrounding themselves, they would know that really I can be someone and I do not allow anyone to jeopardize my future. My future. Uh, secondly, we've got a program where we also combine with communities. We call it the Community Development Program. We found out that without communities, girls, they can't, you know, achieve their dreams. So we work with men, we work with traditional leaders, we work with religious leaders, we work with women, so that, you know, we can avail those opportunities within the communities. Uh, we like programs that we have, you know, we come up with women's economic empowerment programs. Within these women's economic empowerment programs, they support education uh, of children because children need to be educated and that is the platform that we allow them uh, you know to have through that community development program and we also have a program uh, where we have got uh, what we call the girls protection and uh, support services program where we look at those girls whose rights have been violated and we say that we need to demand those rights back we need to mitigate all those things that, you know, fight against their, uh, you know, development. And uh, like, as you asked, uh, if we ever done any programs to end child marriages, in Bari, we were having a program with the Women's Coalition of Zimbabwe, with the Zimbabwe Women and Lawyers Association of Zimbabwe, where we were looking at those factors that are pushing, you know, the issue of uh, child marriages in Mbari. There were issues of, you know, the pasapasa, the popopopo culture. You know? <laughs> what? what is that? <laughs> the pasa, uh, you don't know pasapasa? No. Oh, I'm from Mutari, remember. Ah, sh- Are you serious? You don't know pasapasa? I don't. Girl, you need some orientation into Harare. <laughs> but those things have been famous for a number of things. So, yeah. Um, and I didn't know that they also give an increase into child marriages and all these other things. Because in my mind, I think the other day when I was discussing with this young man, we were actually saying, have you seen that? I think, is it the crime rate or the behavior in that, um, in, in Mbari has changed because most of the kids there, they've taken more time to be glued into, into the arts industry in one way, in one way or the other. But now to, to see that that same industry has also been fueling um, child marriages. 
the sad reality is that, you know, whenever uh, something uh, comes in, it has got two sides. You know, there's that what we see at the surface <laughs> and what True. is underneath. Uh-huh. Uh, the sad reality, as I was indicating, is that, you know, the passapassas, they, uh, within those uh, gatherings, there is the issue of drug abuse. True. And when drugs are abused, uh, there are also sex races, which okay there. Where, you know, boys would say, we want to see good murumecha and the whoopi. You know, they would have sex with a girl. The one who lasts longer will win the, winner. the girl. What? And at the end of the day, yes. <laughs> sex races. Wow. And you know, it's shocking. It's shocking <laughs> and it's happening. But the, your wow is like, I need to go and see that. <laughs> no. So, so you know, um, at the end of the day, as I indicated uh, previously, that when a girl falls pregnant, so it has given rise, you know, to to girls eloping because the marriage you are talking about here is also a union. Uh, is still registered. And, you know, according to statistics, <laughs> the sad reality about statistics is that, you know, 87% of marriages in Zimbabwe are not registered unions. They don't have a certificate. You know, in What about to, the traditional one? It's, it's not recognized as marriage because, you know, you don't have a formal document unless it is registered. It has to be registered to the courts. It is called a registered customary union. Yeah, there is called something the, called that. Customer Lobola. Union. You yes. have to go and register yes, Lobola. You have to coach. register it and get a, a, a certificate of marriage. So isn't it just because people don't know or they don't just care to go and register after they pay Lobola or something? There is also another issue of, uh, you know, people, they think a marriage is the one where you have to go to church, you know, and, and have the white yeah, wedding. Yeah, and invite wedding. people. So, <laughs> so, so they don't regard that, you know, as important. But it's really important, you know, to go and register that marriage. Just like as we are saying, go and register to vote. Go and register your marriage. Because, you know, the statistics are said, you know, to say 87% of marriages, they are unregistered customary unions. So, um, I would like to take you back from what you said about um, involving one of the programs you do about involving the community. I think that's a very good thing because um, especially parents, there's need for career parenting. You know, where the parents are educated about the importance of taking their kids to school so that they're educated and in the future have a career so that in turn they help develop their communities. Because if the parents understand that, the need of education and what it brings about, then they won't just let their child or be forced into marriage or give sell their child for marriage and stuff like that. So I think I really commend you guys for doing that. Thumbs up. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But Thank I think... You. Be, um, all right. I think one of the issues um, concerning this, this, um, this podcast was to say... Um, we want to see how career development can assist to, to fight um, child marriages because child marriages, I think there have been a different, a different number of uh, actions that have been taken, as you said, to minimize you know, the current statistics and how people have been dealing with it. But maybe from your side, because from our side, we are just thinking that um, we can actually try to see how career development can come in. But can it come in as that higher calling to say, we have gone to the child, we have gone to the school, we have talked to you about, um, we have given you sex education actually, we have given you the good, the bad and the ugly of child marriages, even to the parents, the guardians and all the other things. But now, how, how can we fit in the concept of career development um, in this whole issue? Okay, um, 
you know, I understand that, you know, career development is that lifelong process of mm-hmm. managing progression in learning and work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also looks at the quality, uh, you know, when you're looking at the quality of that education, how qualitative is it uh, so that it shapes the destiny of the learner? So uh, looking at that uh, aspect, we now find out that, you know, if parents mentor their children, well, their children won't less likely go into early marriages because they would career-focused. When a child is career-focused, they won't think, you know, of getting married early but they will think of advancing their careers and be someone they end to be or they ought to be in their lives. Uh, because, you know, we, we, we look at uh, career development that it significantly uh, determines the nature, as I indicated, and the quality of the individual life, the kind of people they become, the sense of purpose they have, the income at their disposal. It also determines the social and economic contribution they make to the communities and societies which they are part of. Yeah. So, you know, whilst surrounded by uh, career development, they actually see that they are armed enough to fight uh, child marriages and not get married whilst they are still young, you know, to, to, to advance their careers, uh, to advance their lives. Because, you know, having a career is one of those important things that we should, that we should teach our children. Mm-hmm. You know, careers have to be a platform that we have to discuss you know, just like as what parents uh, discuss with their children, what clothes do you want? What shoes do you want? They should discuss, you know, about the careers. Uh, gone are the days when parents would uh, prescribe their children. I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be a lawyer. But, you we know, paid fees for you to become a doctor. <laughs> exactly. So they, they should, you know, it should become that everyday talk that we should talk about every day. The talk that we should talk about in the combi. The talk that we should talk about, you know, at church. You know, Panitu Kassandi School, we should talk about career development. Because, you know, it gives children that vision to look at, you know, to have those prospects they could try to go towards. Because, you know, without this becoming a common talk, uh, people won't see the importance importance of having careers uh, in their lives. So it's really important, you know, to come up with this, uh, to become the topical issue that we should discuss even on WhatsApp, that we should discuss, you know, wherever we are, in whatever circle. Even songs, you know, when they sing Zimdanso, Gawa Imba about careers. That is what we want to see. That is what we aim to see. And, you know, because, you know, those are the driving forces that would, uh, you know, shape the young people. And those are the things that young people follow. And, you know, you have to make it attractive True. for, for the young people to, yes. you know, uh, get in, uh, in sync with it. But mm. we have been the most culprits um, in, you know, impregnating the young girls. Uh, the sad reality is that, you know, uh, men and boys. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm refer- men yes, it's boys. men. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's men. But which age? Uh, you know, uh, it's a very sad reality to come up with the age is, uh, of the men who are the main culprits. Why? Uh, because a lot of uh, these cases go unreported, as, as I indicated earlier. When they go unreported and as society normalizes them, uh, there, there is that issue of having distorted effects when you go and gather evidence in the communities. Uh, in Bari, where we were having the project that I was talking about, because we were having it in Bari, we also had it in Chueshe, uh, we also had it uh, in Norton. Mm-hmm. So in those three areas, according to the statistics that we found out as three organizations that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, is that you know the average age uh, of men who are uh, impregnating the girls uh, is around 30. Uh-huh. And 30 is a person who is still young. Because, you know, at 30, a person anungu fanana nema zireyao. 
So these guys will be going back to the nine-year-old, ten-year-old, fifteen, and all that. Yeah, That's it's, the it's funny. Reality. It reminds me of um, that uh, WhatsApp thing that was going around. That uh, guys, it was saying guys, uh, babies that were born in two thousand are now eighteen, so they are ready to have sex. So such things like if you be like uh, girls that are now sixteen years or fifteen years, no, they are now have uh, developed their big breasts and whatnot, not so they are ready for sex. In just taking to WhatsApp and people do that, we normalize the unnormal. Ish, I mean, I'm in shock. <laughs> you know, because some of these statistics now they they they're actually shocking. But maybe one of the realities that we come across because they are not reported and all that is because maybe for one case that I witnessed was that there was this kid um, in our hood, um, or in my friend's hood actually. Um, so she's about to write a form four, then she gets pregnant. But now the family has to deal with a number of issues here. Should they send this child to, to the boy's house so that, you know, because they were almost of the same age, then should we now accept Lobola? Should we now report the case? And how are we going to relate with our child? Because the child will say, I love my dude, I love my husband, and you're going to get him arrested. Then what, now how then... Maybe have you seen similar issues when you are dealing with um, child marriages and how have you gone around these issues? Um, you know, these are what I even termed uh, previously when I said minor to minor marriages uh -huh. or unions. Uh, these often uh, are around misconceptions that society has. Uh, as you indicated, you know, they are looking at factors like, ah, he's too young and she's saying she's in love. How can uh, a young girl who is 10, 12, 11, 12, 13 fall in love? I, I think that's the time we get a hard head head for, for no apparent reason. <laughs> you see, because <laughs> it's just a matter of hormones uh, we, which are rushing within the bodies. Yeah. It's that moment when you are really starting to develop those secondary features, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that are coming uh, through your minds. You know, it's just like, you know, a boy who is having wet dreams, you know, he's starting to feel what women are like. But it doesn't mean that, you know, it's a passport to say, go and open your zip or uh, drop your skirt mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So, you know, we, with such cases, what we have done, uh, because, you know, there's that limitation to our law. Uh, th that is the very sad reality. Uh, the law that we have in the country, uh, it says that when minors uh, were less than 16 uh, are engaged in such an act, uh, it's, it's, it's really thrown out of the court. Why? they say that because they are still young to make a decision. So at the end of the day, there is no prosecution that, is, that happens. No one but, is arrested. But then isn't it that the, that same law again, that uh, terms that, um, what section is it of the Constitution, I forgot, where it talks about that um, a, a child is deemed a, 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 an adult at 18 years old. So whatever crimes you commit before then, can be prosecuted against uh, against you and be tried in juvenile or whatever term that is. Okay. Uh, as you are indicating uh, that, you know, because, you know, the it's not a law, it's, it's not, you know, considered a crime when they are below 16 years of age. Juvenile delinquency. You know, so the issue is there's that gap that we have within our laws. They are not in harmony. They are like saying... <laughs> yeah, because wow. actually, it's actually 16 
Well, 16 can consent. Yeah, 16 can consent, but, but cannot get married. Can, can get, cannot get married. You can only get married at 18. At 18. So you can have sex at 16, at so 17. So our law is saying that uh, yes, it's perfectly normal for kids to have sex at 16, but 17, but yeah, you cannot get but married. Can't get but married. you can get married. Yes, you can only get married at 18. Exactly. So that's the thing I was saying now. If these kids um, impregnate each other, or even an older guy impregnates this child. And the family says we cannot accept Lobola now. So the, actually, what they say is you can go stay with the dude. We will only accept Lobola when you are above age. So you see that that, that is the gap that is being created <laughs> by the disharmony of these laws. Because uh, we were having uh, a certain meeting, you know, with the officials from the police. They were actually saying that they don't preach it uh, to the public. You know, that gap. Uh, because if they do that, if the children become aware. Of that situation, Then they will become be rampant. <laughs> you know, we have yeah. uh, they will go ballistic. But how, maybe another issue is how have you dealt with issues that um, they are still minors, um, but now the girl is pregnant, but they still have to go to school. So what happens? Does the girl drop out of school because she's now pregnant? What does the law say about that now? Uh, the law is saying that uh, girls can go back to school. Uh, they can uh, resume pregnant. their studies even if they fall pregnant. Okay. Uh, unlike in the past when they were both ex- uh, expelled, expelled from school. But now they can go back to school. Uh, the guy can even continue with his studies. That is what the law is now saying. Yes. They are giving second chance. But I think that uh, point should be very well preached to people. Because uh, in our societies, people still think that once a girl gets pregnant... And you won't even make it right to your O-levels or your A-levels, whatever it is. You don't make it. But they, sh- they should know that you can make it. You can go on, right? And still proceed to A-level. But and I still think, proceed to college. I, I think and even, have that career you want. Even if, even if it's preached, I think you'd understand with me, Rizzo, that it's another issue of ego now. Or uh, the identity, the dignity. The child will say, yes, I can go back to school, but I cannot go back with my friends seeing me pregnant as I am. Transfer then. Go to another school. Ah, that's another issue. Even parents <laughs> will tell you that I cannot take that burden because you've decided to be a grown-up. But then, so that means that we'll still be stuck at the same positions. We're not having to develop ourselves as a woman or to see yourself grow and be educated and have that career you once dreamed of for being a teacher or a lawyer or whatever. So it means everyone, we're still stuck. Uh, unfortunately, uh, what we have uh, thought of as an organization and what we have implemented in order to keep that issue, uh, we came up with what we call uh, specialized support groups. Mm-hmm. Where we have got uh, these teen mothers, because that is what we came to term uh, them, teen mothers, because, you know, they are mothers, but they are still teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then within these uh, groups, we teach them their various life skills, uh, we teach them, you know, the essential skills of crafts, Uh, if they don't want to pursue with their secondary education, you know, as you indicated, the issue of ego. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. can't go back. I can't wear uh, that uniform, uniform again. uniform when I'm pregnant. But yeah. when we teach them the various life skills, they will be engaged in various uh, crafts. They can be engaged maybe in activities like baking, in sewing, you know, those which can enable them to have that income and sub- support their children. Because uh, the other sad reality is that Uh, when they get uh, impregnated or when they get in those marriages that we talked about, those unions, uh, mostly they don't last. 
these unions. Yeah, they, they are do. just there for just a very short period of time, you know, because they are still young. Uh, you know, she she still wants to play. She still wants to be with her peers. She didn't you know, really get to experience that. She like... to do my wifely duties. She can do that <laughs> at the end of the day. So that is uh, one of those uh, issues that, you know, come up. Uh, when we have got uh, the discussions with them. So within, within these support groups, you know, they strengthen each other. And some have actually uh, started to have uh, the various activities that they do. They've got various crafts that they're actually selling for, for a living and making, uh, taking care of their children. Because we found out that it's better for us to teach them to fish than to give them fish. Uh, and also looking at the, the other element of having, uh, the parents are saying that we can't have a burden of educating munukadze mukuru. You are now a grown-up woman yeah. because you have now experienced uh, experienced sex. You know the issue of uh, blaming the victim is still rampant amongst our societies. Sometimes muskana tonyeperwa. You know, as men, we we, we lure these girls. Uh, you know, in a various uh, in a number of ways, we lie to them uh, yeah, a lot, <laughs> and we promise them the world. No, but actually, I, I would want to say that even these girls, <laughs> some of most most of them trap us. In one way or the other. Even if this we lie, yes, I cannot deny that. But it's very clear that we also have to preach the word to the guys. I think we should have Shamare Wadakoma to also say that. Please be careful of these girls. They will trick you. <laughs> okay, what we do uh, with men, we have got what we call men and boys forums uh-huh. that we also have. As I indicated that in our programming, we don't leave anyone behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have got everyone uh, in our programming and within these men's and boys forums, uh, we, we, we try to educate the men, you know, to be also on the lookout because we, we are not just like saying uh, the girl is the victim at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, they are, as I indicated, that child marriages also affect uh, the boys, yeah, you know, true. at the end of the day because, um, you know, the various uh, backgrounds that people come from would influence their behavior. So it's not every girl who is coming from uh, a disadvantaged uh, background. Others who come from the other side of town, you know, they have certain experiences. They also affect, you know, uh, the, the, the boys at the other side of, uh, of, 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 of the town. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not saying that we condone such behavior. We don't condone such behavior as an organization. What we want to see at the end of the day is that community that is living in harmony, that community that is having less cases, uh, you know, of uh, these child marriages, less cases of abuse, but a community that is developed enough to walk in the fullness of its potential. Yeah, maybe before you, you, you give us the conclusion, um, I wanted to, maybe, maybe part of the conclusion actually, to say how um, from, the, from the time you started empowering the girl child to, to, the, to date now, how has been your success rate and how has been, you know, the the level of effort in decreasing the you know the the, the wave yema yema child marriages um i should say generally in our programming uh i would start i would put them categorically mm-hmm. uh as far as schools uh, we have reached uh, to more than 400 schools and wow. uh, within uh these 400 schools uh, we have managed uh to train children to become child rights ambassadors mm-hmm. and these children uh there are more than 20000 we, with a reach of uh, nearly 400,000 children in total that we have impacted uh, within the work that we do. These child rights ambassadors are the ones who now go and train their peers uh, to have that, you know, a behavior which we believe shows that they are empowered, you know. And within the communities uh, that we work in, uh, we also invited, uh, initially we started working in uh, Mashonaland East and Arab metropolitan provinces, but we invited also 
to work uh, in Machine Land West. We're also invited to work in Manika Land. We're also invited to work in, in Bulawayo metropolitan province because of that impact of the work that we are doing. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, we are now covering five provinces out of 10 uh, as a result of our work. And um, according to the decrease in the number of cases, I should point out something before I go to the statistics. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is that um, the reportage of cases does not indicate that we have got a problem, uh, you know, that the problem is rife. Sometimes people don't report because they don't really trust the systems that are there in place. Okay. So I just wanted to make that clarity, mm -hmm. you know, as far as reportage is concerned. Uh, from the cases that we have held, uh, so far we have uh, dealt with more than 300 cases of various forms of abuse, including child marriage itself, rape, uh, issues to do with trafficking amongst a host of, of, of cases. And within these cases uh, that uh, we have uh, dealt with, we don't deal with them alone. We work with other partners. Uh, you know, the partners just like Justice for Children, uh, partners uh, like Childline, partners like UNICEF. You know, those partners which work around our children, Musasa as well, mm -hmm. uh, for safe shelters, the government ministries uh, that are relevant, the police, the hospitals, the courts. And uh, out of the 300 cases that we have uh, held, I should say around 270 of those cases, we successfully held them to an extent that we provided the girl counseling, they were provided safe shelters, they were provided with the comprehensive list of services. The other unfortunate 30 uh, cases are the ones which would uh, have various uh, factors, like for instance, uh, the client or the girl won't fully represent her effects in court. Because, you know, for her to win a case in court, she has to fully represent, represent her effects, so, yeah. and they have to be consistent. She doesn't have to say uh, one word and the other. So these were some of those, you know, hiccups that we have had or the challenges that we have. Uh, some of the girls were not even confident enough, you know, to express themselves that have really gone through this. Uh, some would, uh, you know, uh, go to that extent of opposing themselves. You know, they will be saying, okay, uh, it has happened because he forced me. At the end of the day, she will be saying, no, I really liked it. <laughs> so <laughs> when a person is opposing him or herself, yeah. at the end of the day, we tend, you know, to lose those cases. And we tend to lose, they tend to lose that help that they were supposed to get at the end of the day. So these are some of, you know, the challenges that we have had. So as you can see, out of 300, 270 out of 300, at least we have, we've done our part. Shamari Eskana is an A student. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think for maybe um, my last words, actually, um, mm -hmm. you, we, we believe maybe as an organization, as Career Zimbabwe, through the career podcast that we are bringing that, it's the girl child has received sex education and they continue to receive sex education. That's commendable. That's huge. That's big. We need it. We cannot go without it. But for us, we all, we go an extra mile to say there's a higher calling. There's something else that we need. You know, when, when you take someone from the streets and they've been feeding themselves from the streets, you give them another source of income. You give them something to look up to so that they don't go back to the to the streets. And in the same manner, that's that's how we view career development in the space um, in the space on um, on child marriages. To say, if we do it successfully, giving sex education, doing this, doing that, child uh, rights ambassadors, doing this, then we need them to look forward 
to a career. We, look, we need the students to look forward to the career. We need the parents to look forward to their child succeeding in a particular career. Then from that standpoint, you know, from that vintage point, they've actually shifted from that idea of marrying off a child and making sure that they, they, get, they just get the immediate money. And even the student or the child to actually see that, no, there's, there's something better ahead than me risking everything you know, at this, at this particular time. So I think what, what we need to do, Cassandra, mm -hmm. after this podcast, we have to go to Shamari Manaskana, go to those same kids and give them the higher quality yeah, on career Yeah, I was about to say that. Great yeah. minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> so, over to you. Okay, so, um, Rushito, any last words? Okay, uh, I just have a few last words uh, to say that, you know... Sorry, Paddington, sorry. I know you want us to continue and go on forever, but hey. Okay, thank you, Cassandra. Um, you know, my last words are that, you know, parents, we should be there to support our children all the way. We should develop them in all means that we have to do than to lure them to these predators who want to marry them off uh, whilst they are still young. We need to give our children books, not husbands. We should give our children their dreams. They should fully, you know, uh, you know, realize their dreams. No one was ever rich from marrying off their children. And go to Bill Gates, do, go to Strive Masiwa, go to any other business person. They never became rich by marrying off their children. Thank you so much, Cassandra. Wow, from that, I cannot even add another single word. So, uh, guys, thanks for thank you for listening and hope you keep on listening. This program was brought to you by Career Zimbabwe in partnership with Capital 263, where you're free to say it and free to do it. And, guys, please follow our social media platforms on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, careerzimbabwe.com. WW Paddington was the website. <laughs> www careerzim.co.zw Oh, .zw. That's yes. what I was figuring out. Yeah, follow us on our social platforms to meet next time, guys. Thank you for listening and keep on listening. Thank you, guys. And now. Capital 263.